0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 21 of The Pirate's Own Book by Charles Elms This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Crandall The Pirate's Own Book by Charles Elms CHAPTER Twenty One, THE LIFE, ATROCITIES, AND BLOODY DEATH OF BLACKBEARD Edward Teach was a native of Bristol, and, having gone to Jamaica, frequently sailed from that port as one of the crew of a privateer during the French War. In that station he gave frequent proofs of his boldness and personal courage, but he was not entrusted with any command until Captain Benjamin Hornigold gave him the command of a prize which he had taken— In the spring of 1717, Hornigold and Teach sailed from Providence for the continent of America, and on their way captured a small vessel with one hundred twenty barrels of flour, which they put on board their own vessel. They also seized two other vessels, from one they took some gallons of wine, and from the other plunder to a considerable value. After cleaning upon the coast of Virginia, they made a prize of the large French Guineaman bound to Martinique and Teach, obtaining the command of her, went to the island of Providence, and surrendered to the king's clemency. Teach now began to act an independent part. He mounted his vessel with forty guns, and named her the Queen Anne's Revenge. Cruising near the island of St. Vincent, he took a large ship called the Great Allen, and after having plundered her of what he deemed proper, set her on fire. A few days after, Teach encountered the Scarborough Man of War, and engaged her for some hours, but perceiving his strength and resolution, she retired, and left Teach to pursue his depredations. His next adventure was with a sloop of ten guns, commanded by Major Bonnet, and these two men cooperated for some time, but Teach, finding him unacquainted with naval affairs, gave the command of Bonnet's ship to Richards, one of his own crew, and entertained Bonnet on board his own vessel. Watering at Turniff, They discovered a sail, and Richards, with the revenge, slipped her cable, and ran out to meet her. Upon seeing the black flag hoisted, the vessel struck, and came to under the stern of Teach, the Commodore. This was the adventure from Jamaica. They took the captain and his men on board the great ship, and manned his sloop for their own service. Weighing from Turniff, where they remained during a week, and sailing to the bay, they found there a ship and four sloops. Teach hoisted his flag, and began to fire at them, upon which the captain and his men left their ship and fled to the shore. Teach burned two of these sloops, and let the other three depart. They afterwards sailed to different places, and having taken two small vessels, anchored off the bar of Charleston for a few days. Here they captured a ship bound for England, as she was coming out of the harbour. They next seized a vessel coming out of Charleston, and two pinks coming into the same harbour, together with a brigantine, with fourteen negroes. The audacity of these transactions, performed in sight of the town, struck the inhabitants with terror, as they had been lately visited by some other notorious pirates. Meanwhile, there were eight sail in the harbour, none of which durst set to sea for fear of falling into the hands of Teach. The trade of this place was totally interrupted, and the inhabitants were abandoned to despair. Their calamity was greatly augmented from this circumstance that a long and desperate war with the natives had just terminated, when they began to be infested by these robbers. Teach, having detained all the persons taken in these ships as prisoners, they were soon in great want of medicines, and he had the audacity to demand a chest from the governor. This demand was made in a manner not less daring than insolent. Teach sent Richards, the captain of the revenge, with Mr. Marks, one of the prisoners, and several others, to present their request. Richards informed the governor, that unless their demand was granted, and he and his companions returned in safety, every prisoner on board the captured ships should instantly be slain, and the vessels consumed to ashes. During the time that Mr. Marks was negotiating with the governor, Richards and his associates walked the streets at pleasure, while indignation flamed from every eye against them as the robbers of their property, and the terror of their country. Though the affront thus offered to the government was great and most audacious, yet to preserve the lives of so many men, they granted their request, and sent on board a chest valued at three or four hundred pounds. Teach, as soon as he received the medicines and his fellow pirates, pillaged the ships of gold and provisions, and then dismissed the prisoners with their vessels." from the bar of Charleston they sailed to North Carolina. Teach now began to reflect how he could best secure the spoil, along with some of the crew who were his favorites. Accordingly, under pretense of cleaning, he ran his vessel on shore and grounded, then ordered the men in hand sloop to come to his assistance, which they, endeavoring to do, also ran aground, and so they were both lost. Then Teach went into the tender with forty hands, and upon a sandy island, about a league from the shore, where there was neither bird nor beast nor herb for their subsistence, he left seventeen of his crew, who must inevitably have perished had not Major Bonnet received intelligence of their miserable situation, and sent a longboat for them. After this barbarous deed, Teach, with the remainder of his crew, went and surrendered to the Governor of North Carolina, retaining all the property which had been acquired by his fleet. The temporary suspension of the depredations of Blackbeard, for so he was now called, did not proceed from a conviction of his former errors, or a determination to reform, but to prepare for future and more extensive exploits. As governors are but men, and not unfrequently by no means possessed of the most virtuous principles, the gold of Blackbeard rendered him comely in the governor's eyes, and, by his influence, he obtained a legal right to the great ship called the Queen Anne's Revenge. By order of the governor, a court of the vice-admiralty was held at Bathtown, and that vessel was condemned as a lawful prize which he had taken from the Spaniards, though it was a well-known fact that she belonged to English merchants. Before he entered upon his new adventures, He married a young woman of about sixteen years of age, the governor himself attending the ceremony. It was reported that this was only his fourteenth wife, about twelve of whom were yet alive, and though this woman was young and amiable, he behaved towards her in a manner so brutal that it was shocking to all decency and propriety, even among his abandoned crew of pirates. In his first voyage, Blackbeard directed his course to the Bermudas, and meeting with two or three English vessels, "'emptied them of their stores and other necessaries, and allowed them to proceed. "'He also met with two French vessels bound for Martinique, "'the one light, and the other laden with sugar and cocoa. "'He put the men on board the latter into the former, and allowed her to depart. "'He brought the freighted vessel into North Carolina, "'where the governor and Blackbeard shared the prizes. "'Nor did their audacity and villainy stop here.' Teach and some of his abandoned crew waited upon His Excellency, and swore that they had seized the French ship at sea without a soul on board. Therefore a court was called, and she was condemned. The Honourable Governor received sixty hogsheads of sugar for his share, his secretary twenty, and the pirates the remainder. But, as guilt always inspires suspicion, Teach was afraid that some one might arrive in the harbour who might detect the roguery. Therefore upon pretense that she was leaky and might sink, and so stop up the entrance to the harbor where she lay, they obtained the governor's liberty to drag her into the river, where she was set on fire, and when burnt down to the water her bottom was sunk, so that she might never rise in judgment against the governor and his confederates. Blackbeard, now being in the province of Friendship, passed several months in the river, giving and receiving visits from the planters, while he traded with the vessels which came to that river, sometimes in the way of lawful commerce, and sometimes in his own way. When he chose to appear the honest man, he made fair purchases on equal barter, but when this did not suit his necessities, or his humour, he would rob at pleasure, and leave them to seek their redress from the governor, and the better to cover his intrigues with his excellency, he would sometimes outbrave him to his face." and administer to him a share of that contempt and insolence which he so liberally bestowed upon the rest of the inhabitants of the province. But there are limits to human insolence and depravity. The captains of the vessels who frequented that river, and had been so often harassed and plundered by Blackbeard, secretly consulted with some of the planters what measures to pursue, in order to banish such an infamous miscreant from their coasts, and to bring him to deserved punishment." Convinced from long experience that the governor himself, to whom it belonged, would give no redress, they represented the matter to the governor of Virginia, and entreated that an armed force might be sent from the men of war lying there, either to take or to destroy those pirates who infested their coast. Upon this representation, the governor of Virginia consulted with the captains of the two men of war, as to the best measures to be adopted, It was resolved that the Governor should hire two small vessels, which could pursue Blackbeard into all his inlets and creeks, that they should be manned from the men of war, and the command given to Lieutenant Maynard, an experienced and resolute officer. When all was ready for his departure, the Governor called an assembly, in which it was resolved to issue a proclamation, offering a great reward to any who, within a year, should take or destroy any pirate." Upon the seventeenth of November, seventeen seventeen, Maynard left James's River in quest of Blackbeard, and on the evening of the twenty first came in sight of the pirate. This expedition was fitted out with all possible expedition and secrecy, no boat being permitted to pass that might convey any intelligence, while care was taken to discover where the